During the process of the party, uh, Eli, Eli consumed at least 61 trash cans. That's a lie. <laughs> That's a fucking lie. Uh, matter of fact, I'm not even reading the rest of this shit. <laughs> I'm KJ Bryant, and it's not just me. The following program is for adult audiences only. Those motherfuckers! Hi, 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 society. Hey, yo. Hey, yo. Hey, yo. Yo, you remember the Martin episode? Y'all remember the Martin episode when he uh, had to go to the NBA, I mean, to the DMV to get his license renewed? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he put the glasses on. He was trying to read the, the alphabet, like, R-E-S-E-T-T. That's how, that's how Eli was reading the uh, the, pro, the, uh, the computer, like... <laughs> And no. At some and no. point during the party, Eli consumed 61. That's a fucking lie. I don't get so hot. Matter of fact, I'm not even reading the rest of this shit. This is some bullshit. And anybody that want to think and believe that I sit up there and drink 61 fucking drink, you got this. <laughs> oh, my God. Is that, is that moment, yo? And, and I remember when his socks got wet, yo. Oh, my God, yo. And he flipped out. Cause, but goddamn, socks got wet. <laughs> nah, nah. When you ain't want to give him the belt to go meet uh, Townley. <laughs> oh, my God, about that, man. Yo, you got a bad me. I got a meeting with Kevin Kelly. Yo, you cannot get these moments. He back, said, look, man. he said, if you had a meet, what would you do? Here. <laughs> I what would you do? Here. <laughs> Yo, if y'all could see <laughs> Jay. Here, here, Yo. Oh, shit. Yo. I got two Kevin Kelly. He's with you. You know what's funny? The audience has no idea who we're talking about, but they know it's funny as shit, and they can laugh yo, along with it because oh this shit. God, yo. yo, oh my Shout god! Shout out to Stones, man. Yo, free him, man. Yo, that's crazy. He is the funniest. Yo, he's definitely top two. Him and Tariq is definitely top two. Yo, hey man. Look, fellas, it's been great keeping it up with y'all. Yeah, man. All I right. got, it. I got, it. I got a book. I'll hit y'all up. That's a bet. Shout out to the party. Yeah, you know I'm saying? Join the party. Yes, sir. You feel me? Uh, get at me. All right. All right. All right. Be great. <laughs> Why you got to sign off like that? <laughs> so we're going to go into this um, burn notice. Um, I'm on one. It's that DJ Khaled, Drake, Wayne, and yes, all sir. that. You know what I'm saying? And then we're going to come back and, um, yeah, we're going to talk about some shit. Ben. Notice, 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 notice. You've been burned. DJ Khaled. Uh. I'm getting so cold. I ain't went this hard since I was 18. Apologize if I say. 
anything I don't mean. Like, what's up with your best friend? We could all have some fun, believe me. And what's up with these new niggas? And why they think it all comes so easy? Forget it, why you here, boy? Cause all that hype don't feel the same next year, boy. Yeah. And I'll be right here in my spot with a little more cash than I already got. Tripping off you cause you had your shot. With my skin tan and my hair long. With my fans who've been so patient. Me and 40 back to work, but we still smell like a vacation. Hate the rumors, hate the bullshit, hate these fucking allegations. I'm just feeling like the throne is for the taking. Watch me take All it. I care about is money in the city that I'm from. I'ma sip until I feel it. I'ma smoke until it's done. I don't really give a fuck and my excuses that I'm young. And I'm only getting older. Somebody should. I told you I'm on one, yeah, fuck it, I'm on one, yeah, I said I'm on one, fuck it, I'm on one, two white cups that I got that drink, could be purple or could be pink, depending on how you mix that shit, money to be gotten, I'ma get that shit, cause I'm on one, I said fuck it, I'm on I'm burning purple flowers, it's burning my chest I bury the most cash and burning the rest Walking on the clouds, suspended in thin air The ones beneath me recognize the red bottoms I wear Burning the belt, move the kids to the heels Then shorty on the sink, do it for the thrill Kiss you on your neck and tell you everything is great Even though I'm out on barn and might be facing eight Still running with the same niggas to the death of me Ever seen a million cash, gotta count it carefully Ever made love to the woman of your dreams In a room full of money out in London as she screams huh. Baby, I could take it there Call Mark Jacobs personally to make a pair So yeah We on one, the feeling ain't fair And it's double MG until I get the chill All I care about chill. is money in the city that I'm from I'ma sip until I feel it, I'ma smoke until it's done I don't really give a fuck and my excuses that I'm young And I'm only getting older, somebody should have told you I'm on one, yeah Fuck it, I'm on one Yeah, I said I'm on one Fuck it, I'm on one Two white cups that I got that drink Could be purple or could be pink Depending on how you mix that shit Money to be gotten, I'ma get that shit Cause I'm on one I said fuck it, I'm on one I walk around the club Fuck everybody And all my niggas got that heat I feel like Pat Riley Yeah, too much money ain't enough money You know the feds listening Nigga, what money? I'm a made nigga I should dust something, you niggas on the bench, like the bus coming. <laughs> Ain't nothing sweet but the switches, I'm folks, might as well say cheese for the pictures. Oh, I'm about to go, Andre the Giant, you a sellout, but I ain't buying. Chop a dissect a nigga like science, put it into your world like the Mayans. It's a celebration, bitches, Mazel Tov, it's a slim chance I fall. Olivar, don't you be the name, don't ask me how I got it I'm killing these hoes, I swear I'm trying to stop the violence All I care about is money yeah. in the city that I'm from I'ma sip until I feel it, I'ma smoke until it's done I don't really give a fuck and my excuses that I'm young And I'm only getting older, somebody should have told you I'm on one, yeah, fuck it, I'm on one Why I'm yeah. I said I'm on one 
said I got that drink. Could be purple or could be pink. Depending on how you mix that shit. Money to be gotten, I'ma get that shit. Cause I'm on. I said fuck it. Noted, 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 noted. Still don't know why. I don't know why. I love you so much. I don't know why I love this shit so much. Why do I love it so much, Jomo? Curse my fucking name. It's my baby mama. Curse my fucking name. She definitely had my laundry in the streets. Hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. My laundry in the streets, yo. <laughs> in spite to put me to shame, have my laundry in the streets, dirty or clean. Give it up for fame, but I still don't know why. <laughs> why I love it so much. This is my part right here. This is my part. Ben. Notice. 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 Now, baby. Shit y'all talking about, I'm, I'm a nigga. nigga. Uh caught up in all these lights and cameras. Uh but look what that shit did to hammer. Alright, yo, uh, so we back, you know what I'm saying? Um I told you we was gonna bring you some more content. This is part two of our 2019 and our decade wrap-up. Um we gonna get right into hey. talking about Jay-Z. Yeah. Um Jay-Z uh-huh. was uh-huh. In 2010, he headlined Coachella. You know what I'm saying? And that was a real big moment for hip hop. You know what I'm saying? It was a right. big moment for Golden Voice, which is the company that um, runs, you know what I'm saying, Coachella, to create the future of what happened after that. You got to figure after Jay Z headlined in 2010, Coachella got the official new stamp and became the young hip place for the young hip crowd to go to and this is the festival that mad artists have been you know what i'm saying like clamoring to try to get listen to me talk about some clamoring <laughs> clamoring to try to get but basically i want to make predictions of 2020 headliners for coachella oh i have my headliner and think about it you can have three artists because usually there's three headliners because there's the three nights right so, what three people do you think will be headlining Coachella in 2020? And we're going to come back to this when they announce the, announce the lineups to see which one of us was closer. Um, to me, uh, I'm, 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 I guess I would say I'm an older generation now. You feel me? Because there's a generation under me and a generation under that. You feel me? That music appeals too but um in my perfect world you feel me the first night you'll have j cole second night you'll have kendrick you feel me and the top of everything off you feel me for all the fans that booed my mans you feel me bring them back on the last night 
and, and headline him. You feel me? Uh, Drake. All right. That's so. the, to me, that 2020, to start 2020 off with Coachella, uh, I think J. Cole has the power to bring out certain people. I think Kendrick has the power to bring out certain people. And you know Drake has the power to bring out certain people. So I think we would dominate Coachella in all effects of music. You feel me? To start the decade off right. You get what I'm saying? And 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 I think it would still incorporate the mainstream music of you feel me, other cultures. You feel me? The way you feel me, I know my people will do it. You feel me? J. Cole would find some way to incorporate somebody else, you feel me, that's not in the culture, in the top, you feel me, 100. Or Kendrick will find a way. And I know somebody will bring out Lizzo or some other, you feel me, like. All right. So Leading into that. <laughs> I got, I got, I got, we're going to get into that Lizzo in a minute, all right? So I got different projections, right? Okay. But I really had got. to round this out into five. Right. To pick my three I did a little bit of cheating I'm not gonna lie I did some research ahead of time And okay. I found out that Rage Against the Machine Has two shows um, In California One on April 10th One on April 17th Which are the weekends of Coachella And they are um, Back making a reunion After going seven years without performing mm. So something tells me That on the rock and roll tip Rage Against the Machine might be one of the headliners but rihanna i think is going to be a headliner at coachella because i believe that if not only just one two rihanna albums may come out or two projects of rihanna may come out in 2020 yeah, yeah. now that was so so those are two solid ones now I my think, i don't think the other one my number three spot though. my number three spot mm. is a tiebreaker and i don't know who and that's between Post Malone and Justin Bieber because I also believe that Bieber is going to be dropping an album in 2020 and if he does he's definitely going to be a Coachella headliner you think so yes maybe maybe Post Malone but I think he did it before I think Post Malone already headlined uh, Coachella before I mean, Post Malone was the. I think he headlined. Yeah, he's year. the third most streamed artist of the decade. I think that's amazing. That's crazy. But he got cheat codes. On yeah, he's the cheat. Yeah, codes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. He got cheat codes on cheat codes. I mean, think about it. The the second most streamed um artist of the decade was Ed Sheeran, and the most streamed artist of the decade was um Drake. Oh yeah. Yeah. I thought I thought he would have been. Like, Hold on now. I mean, before we get off this Coachella thing. The long shot pick I have is Kanye. And that's the only reason I say this is, is that this nigga really made this Jesus thing work. You know what I'm saying? Oh, man. And I just, I just, if, if I just get, feel like um, that Kanye has the power to do anything that he wants to now. Like, if he gets a Coachella, uh, it's going to be a spectacle. It is going to be, I, I, it's, it's, it's going to be good for the ratings. And you know what? You just made a point. Kanye definitely got the last night <laughs> on a Sunday. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Like, it, yeah, like I can see that shit sense. happening. You know what I'm saying? He's going to have the choir out. He's going to, yeah. Yeah, shit, there's a Kanye it, Bible out. I mean, hey, if I it rained on it. that night, you know why. Uh-huh. All right, so the most streamed female artist of the decade globally was Ariana Grande. The second most streamed female artist was Rihanna, followed by Taylor Swift, followed by Sia, and... 
fifth to round it off was Beyonce. Damn, B. For real. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense. Oh, uh, yeah. I guess. Because Beyonce's dominance overlapped the previous decade and this decade. She did have some big records this decade, but it was clear that Rihanna was... She only really put out three albums this decade for her. Right. Because, uh, what's you call it, came out um, 2000... That was 2010. That was four albums. It's just ill to see that Rihanna beat Taylor Swift out. She was. She's number two. Uh, Rihanna's number two, yeah, behind Ariana Grande, which makes sense. I I, I ain't mad at that. Yeah. I ain't mad at that. Um, The most streamed male artist of the decade was Drake, Ed Sheeran, Post Malone, Eminem, and The Weeknd. The most streamed song of the decade, and this is all according to Spotify, not according to everything. You know what I'm saying? I don't know who the most streamed artist was on anything else. This is just a report I got from Spotify. So let me clarify that. Yeah, all these are the most streamed artists of the decade on Spotify. Um, Ed Sheeran, Shape of You. One Dance by Drake and Wizkid. Rockstar from Post Malone. Closer by Halsey and Thinking Out Loud by Ed Sheeran. The most streamed artist of this past year was Post Malone. Um, Billie Eilish, Ariana Grande, Ed Sheeran. Post Malone beat out Lil Nas X. Lil Nas X is not even in the top five. For real. Now, uh, Old Town Road is the fifth most streamed track. The most streamed track was Senorita by... That's crazy. The Camila Cabello and Shawn Mendes is the most streamed track of the year. Oh, of this year? Okay, I can believe that. I can believe that. The second most streamed album was Hollywood's Bleeding by Post Malone. Most streamed podcast was Joe Budden Podcast. Of course, I'm one of the people who streamed that podcast. You know what I'm saying? So, of course, they're number one. Um, But... In 2015, um, there was a movie that came out called Straight Outta Compton, which was the biopic of N.W.A., and the movie was a box office smash, grossing more than $200 million, and that was a record for music biopics, right? Mm -hmm. So in this next decade, we're thinking from 2020 on for the next 10-year span, what biopics do you think should be made of certain artists in the game right now. There's only there's only two legitimate ones I think you could do that would make sense. Alright, what are those? Uh definitely Diddy's. Uh, okay. I think a lot of people yeah I I, think I didn't I, even think about that. Coming into this conversation, I, I didn't think about that yeah, at all. Yeah, because now that's a extended But now that you mentioned it, yeah. Of notorious, I guess you could say. Okay. And then if you want to you feel me? The way it looked like in a movie, you feel me? It looked like the next thing was coming was Snoop. You know what I'm saying? Snoop biopic. He has, okay. a, you feel me, going through, what, one, two, three, four decades? You know what I'm saying? Uh, worth of content. Okay, uh, okay. So do you think these should be done as movies, like Straight Outta Compton, or do you think they should be done as series, like how this Wu-Tang joint was? Um... Cause I'm thinking a lot of these stories really need to be told through series. I think you can't get the whole story in a movie. I would be the type of person to be like, 
it's got to be an extra long movie. You feel me? Like a four-hour movie or something like that. Like Because they both of the stories, you have to go into everything. Mm-hmm. You feel me? So you have to go back to the Tupac days. You have to go back to the Biggie days and retell these stories, but through their eyes. You get what I'm saying? Right, right, right. Like, you don't get to see how, on Snoop's side, how he came into death row and how he felt about, you feel me, like, right, right. shit. And Diddy and how he recreated himself after the death, the death of Big Inch. You feel me? Like, I want to see all of that. All right, so this is what I was thinking. Uh-huh. I started thinking, well, because she's been talking about it kind of, a little Kim biopic. Mm. But here's my only thing about this, right? Mm. And I think I was talking to Jada about it not too long ago, kind of. Um, basically, little Kim was mad about the Biggie biopic, right? Mm. Because she was mad about um, how they portrayed her in there, mm. is what she said. And the actress that she chose, that they chose to play her, right? Mm. Now, people have always said that Little Kim was mad that it was Notori because she was dark skinned. And Little Kim didn't didn't want, didn't think that she played her. Like whatever the reason was, I don't think that her beef had anything to do with Notori at all. Mm. I think Notori just became the target that Kim used. Mm. But I think that the real reason why Kim was mad was because she was portrayed as the side chick. And in her mind and from her perspective, she was, she was the main. So in a little Kim biopic, I think it would be interesting to see. I assume that her narrative of her story is that she's going to be the main chick and his wife was the side piece. And me and, me and Jada was talking about that, so of like how look, those dynamics of a so relationship. Look, what, what you could do, you can make it a series and you could tell both stories. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. From her perspective, you could have an episode just basically, you feel me? And then how it ties all back in together and... And at some point, she gonna be the main focus of the season. Some point, you feel me? I think Jay Z could be a good series. He couldn't be a movie though. I would hate a Jay Z movie. I want a series. It's too much. Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. Because well, think about it. we're talking about in in ten years from now. So I'm talking about this could come out in 2028. Yeah. Okay. You see what I'm saying? He got he got to touch a like, bill first. Yeah. He got to touch a bill. Shout out to Jay Z. They made eighty one million this year. Um, now Scott Storch would be an interesting movie. He would be like rap, hip hop, Wolf of Wall Street. Oh shit! Like think about that, yo. You know what I'm saying? I heard like, about like, his story, like you can have like Leonardo DiCaprio or somebody like that play Scott Scott Storch. That would be cool. <laughs> Seth Rogen. And then like UGK <laughs> and Outkast, they would be good movies. Um, now, in 2011, Ticketmaster and Live Nation became a live events giant as they merged together and created a $4.4 billion global live music business. And now, pretty much every concert I've ever been to since 2011 have had something to do with Live Nation. You've mm-hmm. seen a Live Nation logo there. And shortly after that, Spotify, which some of you guys are probably listening to this podcast on right now, entered the u.s streaming market and that was part of what completely changed the way that we consume music um i think this past decade as far as tech companies has been crazy because 
they've disrupted the way that we do everything. You know what I'm saying? The mm-hmm. way that we consume information has been completely changed and streaming was one of those things. And, um, you know, Spotify entered the market and then a couple years later, Apple came in with its own Spotify. Spotify made Apple kill iTunes and turn iTunes into Apple Podcasts, which some of you other people are listening to this on right now, based on them entering the game and disrupting shit. And it's just like this ripple effect that we went through in um, this decade. I know we were talking about beef on part one, um, but one that we didn't mention was the record that almost started the beef that never happened that I think people were looking for, and that was the control and the verse heard around the world and shit, you know what I'm saying? Mm. When Control came out, Kendrick, you know what I'm saying, name dropped and said he was trying to murder Drake, J. Cole, and Wale, and then at that moment... I think we wanted to see one of those happen. We wanted to see Kendrick versus Drake. That's that's the one that people really wanted. People really wanted right. Kendrick and Drake. And we didn't get it. People wanted Kendrick and Cole, kind of. People didn't really want Kendrick and Wale too much. But then what happened was a bunch of people started coming at Kendrick. And then there was all these shots that got fired back at rappers that weren't... Um, that weren't really being talked to. Like, for instance, Joel Ortiz had dissed Kendrick off of that shit by... Because Ke- like, I think, did Kendrick say he was king of New York or something? Like, yeah, Kendrick said he was yeah. king of New York and, like, the cy- cypher or in control, I think. Um, yeah, yeah, I and think then that know. whole shit happened and Papoose dissed them. Then this shit just got all crazy, but that shit was funny. But now that I'm thinking about it, you want to know what beef, and not just because I'm a fan, but... You want to know which one goes under the radar The niggas really didn't pay attention to? I mean, well, niggas did pay attention to, but niggas don't give enough props in this decade. What? Joe Budden smoked Drake on on that making the murderer joint, yo. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> search for us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify at It's Not Just Me, or you can hit me up on Instagram at Moran420, and you can also follow us on Twitter at It's Not Just Me Pod. This burn notice is going out to Kendrick Lamar with swimming pools drank. Burn notice. 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 You've been burned. Hold up. Frank. Headshot. Frank. Frank. Sit down. Frank. Frank. Stand up. Frank. Frank. Pass out. Frank. Frank. Wake up. Frank. Frank. Fade it. Frank. Frank. Fade it. Now I done grew around some people living their life in bottles Granddaddy had the golden flask, backstroke every day in Chicago Some people like the way it feels, some people want to kill their sorrow Some people want to fit in with the popular, that was my problem I was in a dark room, loud tunes, looking to make a vow soon That I'ma get fucked up, filling up my cup, I see the crowd move Changing by the minute, and the record on repeat Took a sip, then another sip, then somebody said to me Nigga, why you babysitting, only two or three shots, I'ma Show you how to turn it up a notch First you get a swimming pool full of liquor Then you dive in it Pool full of liquor Then you dive in it I wave a few bottles Then I watch them all fly All the girls wanna play, they watch I got a swimming pool full of liquor And they dive in it Pool, pool full of liquor I'ma dive in it Hold up Frank, Frank. Headshot Frank, Frank. Sit down Frank, Frank. Stand up Frank, Frank. Pass out Frank, Frank. Wake up. 
drink, 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 if I take another one down, I'ma drown in some poison, abuse on my limit. I think that I'm feeling the vibe. I see the love in her eyes. I see the feeling of freedom is granted as soon as the damage of vodka arrived. This how you capitalize. This is parental advice. And apparently, I'm over influenced by what you are doing. I thought I was doing the most that someone said to me. Nigga, why you babysitting? Only two or three shots. I'ma show you how to turn it up a notch. First, you get a swimming pool full of liquor, then you dive in it. Pool full of liquor, then you dive in it. And I wave a few bottles. Then I watch them all fly All the girls wanna play, they watch I got a swimming pool full of liquor And they dive in it Pool full of liquor, I'ma dive in it Pool, drink, headshot Drink, sit down Drink, stand up Drink, pass out Drink, wake up Drink, fade it Drink, fade it Drink, drink some new cycle shit um summer walker um had to say that she doesn't sing on couches and because um, let me say before you go into it this hit home because the club is in my hometown you get what i'm saying right right i did read that shit janky promoters in jersey so look (laughs) i know i know people that was involved in the situation and the thing is it's, it's a walkthrough, you know, a walkthrough as an artist. You come through at least one or two, you feel me? Get the crowd hype, let them know you there, whatever. But her thing was she wasn't singing if she wasn't getting paid for Right, right. You get what I'm saying? But it's like, you, you feel me? You are in service of the fan. You get what I'm saying? The fan is paying you this money to come out and... You could do something. You feel me? Get them a little note or well, I mean, whatever is, the case it, may is be. the fan paying them the money to come out? I, I mean, mean the promoter the, pays the 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 artist, right? And the promoter get his money back from the fans that come out and support. You get what I'm saying? Which enables the promoter to keep the uh, cycle going. You feel me? Who y'all want this week? Whatever. You feel me? She was a fan request. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. It's just, it's just. To me, that's why some people make it. And that's why some people don't make it. You know what I'm saying? Like, right, right. even if she do make it, now she has this perception about her. You feel me? Next album, some people might use that perception. You feel me to go against her? Like, oh, well, I went to a show this time. Yeah, yeah. You feel me? So she's going to win for the time. Right. You get what I'm saying? But next go around, you feel me? I'm, I want to see how this goes. You it, feel me? I think it's gonna be interesting to see because I'm of the belief that. 
maybe it's not going to be her, but I'm of the belief that there's going to be one of these artists who's going to come out and they're not even going to tour at all. And they're really going to get to the bag bag because they're going to do spot dates and festivals. So then when they do come out and decide to perform, I know you are going to have to pay them. Is going to be you are going to have to pay, be, uh, uh, you know what I'm saying? So I don't know. Like Shout it, out to my girl, Bree Steves from Philly. Man. Yeah. This might backfire on Summer Walker, but it might not. I mean, when the next album comes out, maybe through her online personality, she could still catch one. You know what I'm saying? Who knows? Well, I mean, we'll see what happens. Um, I want to know how does the label take this? Because they know in some way this is going to affect the money. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, well, here's the thing. The label should have already known this before they put her out on the road. And... They, they shouldn't have booked her as big of a tour to start with in the first place if they knew that she had these social anxiety issues or whatever. Like, I mean, I have to say that. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, the record label has to be responsible for some of this, you know what I'm saying? But, but this is something, this is not something that she was probably open with in the beginning. She probably, right, right. she's thinking about, you feel me? I'm getting to the bag. I got these shows I'm about to get. You feel me? She don't know every. This is her first yeah. big tour. You feel me? She don't know everything that comes with it. She got to do the meet and greets and. Some people is good at the meet and greets, you feel me, to where she's not that. I think she's big enough now to where even if the record label feels the type of way, they still got to do the second joint. You see what I'm saying? And then if that second joint hits, then it's just like, all right, you got to deal with the bullshit. Right. But if the second joint don't hit, then they can be like, all right, write it off. Let's get out of it. Let's get out of this. You know what I'm saying? Let's go find another one. All right. <clears throat> All right, so R. Kelly's former tour manager confirms he's going to testify against R. Kelly over the Aaliyah fake ID. Um, apparently, R. R. Kelly attempted to bribe an Illinois official to get a fake ID for Aaliyah when she was 15 years old. I feel nasty even reporting this right now. That's for crazy. the simple fact is, why? I mean, I get it because he's going to testify against R. Kelly right now, but it's like, she should have testified against R. Kelly back then. I hate Aaliyah having to be brought up into this nasty fucking court trial. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, let her rest in peace. You know what I'm saying? That's that's crazy. Anything. I'm that... glad her music's getting ready to be on um, streaming sites. You know what I'm saying? Oh, for real. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. In January, but not that that I mean makes this any better and shit. But it's just um, I mean yeah, it's great that he's gonna testify against R. Kelly. It sucks that it has to do with Aaliyah and he didn't do it back in the day. I mean, I guess people are gonna feel the way how they feel about that because now that I'm running back what I just said, yeah, I said it. I'm glad that this guy is snitching. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? In this case, yeah, you know what I'm saying. But it, you feel me? I guess with black people, it ain't something that. People ain't already know. Well, black people. Well, I mean, I mean listen. Like, just like everybody know, OJ did what he did. Yeah. You feel me? Like, it's no surprise. So when he confessed to us, there's like, only a certain amount of people to understand what snitching actually is. So I'm like, but we're not gonna get that. That's a whole new conversation for a whole another day that we can't have today. You know, I don't want to fucking do it. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, there's gonna be a Moesha reboot. I think we talked about this before. Nah, we talked about a living single reboot that was just a a, a a thing that people said, what if there was? But I don't think there was any no real confirmation. But Brandy actually said... Yeah, we yeah. talked about this. Oh, we did? Yeah. Hmm. Huh. Yeah. Uh, was it last episode? Uh, did we have the Blue Dream? I mean, the, yeah. the cookies and... Oh, yeah. the fucking cookies. Sorry. <laughs> <clears throat> 
But nah, um, we could we could still go into it real quick. Um, nah, fuck that shit. Because because it's a, it's weird how you know everything they say everything is uh what uh six degrees of separation or something yeah. like that. Um, six degrees of Kevin Bacon. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Man, you know what I'm talking about. But it's crazy how from us we know low low knows uh uh. Fredro. Uh-huh. Fredro knows. You get what I'm saying? So it's like... You ain't never heard of that six degrees of Kevin Bacon? No. Nah, what is that? <laughs> no, that's actually a thing. It is? What six is degrees it? of Kevin Bacon is... Six degrees of Kevin Bacon is this... Um, and They make websites about it and shit or whatever, but it's like this thing that basically says that everybody in Hollywood is somehow connected through this person and this person back to Kevin Bacon. Who's Kevin Bacon? From like back in the day, how? I, listen, it's, <laughs> knows I guess I don't know. It's just a thing that people said in this past decade. It's be it was a thing. Like I, I mean, I can't believe that you never heard of it. I haven't. Yeah, I I'm mean, not, I guess it's one of those weird pop culture like hipster things. Six I mean, degrees I, of Kevin I'm, Bacon. I'm, I'm connected to just about anybody. Uh, in this world, yeah, in six degrees, yeah, That's yeah, it. yeah. Lebron, LeBron, for instance, all right. But through fucking, <laughs> through fucking, I'm probably connected to <laughs> six degrees of a lot of people that don't right. realize it. Oh, now we gonna move on. Fuck it. Fuck it. <laughs> oh, fuck. Fuck remember, it. remember when you came into the door and I had to whip. Like, <laughs> She was like, do you hear somebody at the door? And I'm like, no, I don't hear anybody. <laughs> Must have been the TV. <laughs> yo. I'm looking at you like, go away. Right, yo. <laughs> That's funny shit, yo. That's funny. All right, so um, Jay already talked about what his meme of the decade. Um, you picked your meme. I, I still think... Between the Jordan crying face and the Kermit sipping tea, got gotta be. You know what I'm saying? Because I feel like the That's Kermit sipping yeah. tea and the Jordan crying face were used for so many different huge moments on top of just everyday comments that. No, the funniest, the funniest Jordan crying face meme I seen is when they put the Jordan crying face me on Derrick Rose's knees. Yo, oh my God. Shit. Yo, that's <laughs> funny as shit. Shout out to Derrick Rose because he balling now. But that was a funny meme. Um, All right, so I got to talk about this YouTube shit. All right. Because the reason why this shit is so important is that I don't think creators understand how big this is, and I don't think parents understand how big this is. That's why earlier, when I dropped a big bag of shut the fuck up on all the parents out there, that they probably got upset and said, damn, this nigga's saying fuck the act that's supposed to be protecting my children's privacy on the internet. That's not what I'm saying at all. What I'm saying is that YouTube has figured out a way to allow themselves to not be liable for their own practices and for you parents to be lazy when it comes to monitoring the content that your children look at on YouTube. Now, I know that's an argument that I could never win. However, 
this act has nothing to do with how vulgar or adult themed the content is. What it matters is if YouTube monetizes it by running ads on it. See, the point of putting shit on YouTube for a creator is for it to generate plays and then eventually be able to monetize it by running ads. But YouTube runs a dynamic targeted ad system, meaning that your data from your search habits through Google and things of that nature is how they know what ads to show you on YouTube. The COPA Act says that YouTube cannot track and record data of anyone under 13. So far, this sounds like a you and them problem, not a me problem yet, okay? So, what YouTube ha um, violated, they just had to pay a $170 million settlement to the FCC. So what they decided to do is put this new box. So why I set up the YouTube channel for this podcast this past week, every time I uploaded a video, it asked me, is this content directed towards children? Yes or no? Of course, I picked no. Picking no allows ads to be running on my video. If I pick yes, ads can't run on my video. No comments and no call to actions. Cool so far. I'm cool with that so far. Now, here's the kicker. If something about my content is deemed appealing to children and I'm running ads on there, then without me knowing that a child is looking at my video, I could be subject to a $40,000 fine by the FCC because YouTube is violating the COPA Act by showing a targeted ad to a person under the age of 13 who's watching my content even though I don't want them to. And there's no way for me as a YouTube creator to block them from seeing my shit. But I shouldn't have to do that shit anyways. How the fuck are they, like, why is it, the, the rule should be that YouTube should be controlling who signs up for these accounts. And parents should be controlling who's signing up for an account. Like if your seven-year-old has a YouTube account and stumbles upon a video of mine that has flashy colors in it and they're attracted to it, I should not be subjected to a $40,000 fine. So I'm probably getting ready to press delete on this motherfucking YouTube channel. And I don't really want to get into more of the details about it, but if you guys know like I know you better go look this copa shit up and see what these new rules are about to be with YouTube and then do like me and start migrating your content to a new platform it might be time to pay for Vimeo negotiate your own ads directly with you know advertisers you know what I'm saying fuck the ad system that YouTube has created but I have there's other ways to monetize Patreon you know what I'm saying there's other ways to monetize your content without putting it on YouTube how, how do they know that some somebody's age on YouTube. Well, see, here's the thing. It's all about if they get caught with it. So here's the thing. All right, basically right now. Let's say I upload a video right now. All right, boom. My video is intended for the adult audience. My target, my target audience is adults, right? But my logo is a cartoon and it's animated, right? But let's say it's geared towards adults. That would be an extreme, you know, um, example of what I'm putting out there. But what I'm saying is that if I were to click, this is not directed towards children, then I can monetize my video like I normally would on YouTube. But if somebody's parents 
get mad at their kid watching my shit and they flag it and it's seen that I'm violating COPA, then they're going to find me $40,000. You see what I'm saying? Like, fuck that shit, bro. (laughs) And it's very vague of what's considered um, appealing to children. They said they named colors, logos, depictions, music, and overall themes. This is really going to kill, like, the gamer community. Like, think about that. Yeah. And, and basically, it's like this. That's a great example. All right. Let's say NBA 2K, gamer community. Let's say that your intended audience is 16 through 25, right? Well, guess what? If 13-year-olds or 12-year-olds watch your NBA 2K video, you either can't monetize it or you have to monetize it with the risk of being fined it, because not because your content being vulgar, but because YouTube is violating COPA by collecting the data from someone who's under the age of 13 who's watching your video, even though you don't know that someone under the age of 13 is watching your video. You understand what I'm saying? It's almost like if they created a bunch of new laws and we walked outside and had to be leery of breaking the law without knowing what's illegal and what's legal. We just have to figure it out as we go along. Yeah, that's crazy. So, fuck YouTube. There was a trending hashtag on Twitter that said, YouTube is over. YouTube is over party. That's how I found out about this shit. Because, you know why? YouTube is tired of handing out all this money. Right. You feel me? They done made niggas rich and famous. You feel me? They they tired of, I don't know. And and all the people, all the, you feel me? There's a lot of kids that watched all these YouTube celebrities and all of that. So a lot of their content, you feel me, is depending on the monetized or not. You feel me? That's how they Right, get right. So it's, it's either they gonna have to, yeah. But now this opening up a lane. Yeah, and speaking of that lane, Twitter's um, president just announced on Twitter that they are creating a team that's gonna look into creating a decentralized version of Twitter and going back into the big Twitter develop, um, developers. And for those that don't speak nerd talk, you know what I'm saying? What it is is if you remember back in the day when you used to be able to tweet and make your tweet post to Facebook. It was like a developer app. Like every time you did that, basically you had your own app that you didn't really know that you were creating. You created your own Twitter app because that's how Twitter was set up back in the day. Then a CEO from Google came and took over. Someone who worked at Google came over, took over as CEO of Twitter. He changed it up to try to turn it into an ad model, like how Google is. Now, the new person in charge right now is trying to make a decentralized version to where he, he described it as a tweet would be to a user or to Twitter as Outlook is to email, making it more of an individual platform where they can curate and point people in the direction of tweets by the hashtags and trending and different things of that nature and their ad platform. Right. And what this will do is basically give us the opposite of what where YouTube is constricting right now. It looks like Twitter is looking to expand it out. And in reality, all of the video clips of our past two or three episodes that I uploaded this past week, I put them on um, IGTV and Twitter video. And they all seem to do much better play-wise than the YouTube videos did anyways. So, I'm not even mad about... Fuck that. There's just so much... I'm probably just getting ready to pay for Vimeo anyways. Higher learning. 
Coming to a podcast player near you, April 20th, 2020. A 420 podcast by It's Not Just Me. All right, so do you remember where you were or what you were doing when Beyonce dropped that surprise album, Beyonce? Like, on midnight, in the middle of the night, whatever, just randomly, there was no announcement there was a Beyonce album coming out, and then all of a sudden... There was a Beyonce album out. I don't know if I could pretend I remember where I was. It's funny because we we was in the studio in New York, right? And we was chilling, you know what I'm saying? Like, I think we wasn't even working on music for real. We were just, like, watching TV or some shit or whatever, right? And I think Brian was, like, working on something. I was fucking around with something on the laptop. But anyways, Dee Dee came through, and she's like, yo... Did y'all listen to the new Beyonce album yet? And now, mind you, mind you, she walk in the door and it's like 12.15. So she had only been able to listen to the new Beyonce album for 15 minutes while she was walking herself over there right. to the studio, That's right? Crazy. But she come in like, yo, did y'all listen to the new Beyonce album yet? You know what I'm saying? Like, like, like we was mad late on it or whatever. But then, yeah, niggas went straight online and was on that shit. And it just w- woke everybody up. Like, everybody just kind of just got up and got into... The, the vibe Like literally As soon as I listened to Drunken Love I immediately opened up Fruity And started make, working on a beat <laughs> Like yo Niggas started yeah. making a beat Immediately You know what I'm saying yeah, Writing songs and all that Like You know how I feel Yeah When a song comes out That makes me want to Go create music You already know Right Alright, now um, also in this decade, Sierra dropped a record when she was fucking with Future. See, Future Future had brought her back. Future brought her back, and then Russell Wilson, you know what I'm saying, took her to that upper echelon. But Future brought her back because that um, My Body Party had every girl living out her inner stripper fantasies, you know what I'm saying, when that song no, came on, you know what I'm saying? I ain't got no words for her. I'm Team Pluto all the way. <laughs> when I'm speaking those things. No, Alright. Um <laughs> also um sticking with music that that created culture shifts. Um, do you remember that Harlem Shake shit that came out and everybody was making those meme videos of it? Like yeah. where where you would just pause and then the screen would come and everybody be dressed up in like costumes and shit. Right. We tried to do a bad version of that shit like twice. I remember on two different occasions I try <laughs> I, I tried to because I wanted to go viral along with the wave. I was I was chasing the clout, yeah, you know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. I, I was looking for it. Those, but those ours was, sucked. Those was the Miami Heat did. Yeah, our, ours wasn't good at all. Um <laughs> This is right around the time that Miley had her little ratchet rebrand, you know what I'm saying, when Mike oh, Will man. made it. Do you think Mike Will and Miley made it hard for all the other white girls that came after her? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Do you, because, th- do you think it made we, black girls sensitive to the white girl doing hip-hop-ish music? Yeah, like, we, we, we tried it. 
Uh, <laughs> sorry. Oh, the whoa Vickies and all that. And, uh, sorry. <laughs> well, no, nah, because whoa Vicky, I mean, we know why that she got hot water. But nah, there there be some white joints that like literally, you know, I don't know. I feel like they 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 probably should have got a shot, but but they're never gonna. It's just like I feel like Miley ruined it for all of them. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's over. With. <laughs> <laughs> Miley, what's good? <laughs> that was the pinnacle right there. Like, once once Nikki reached out there and what are you calling Miley Cyrus out for? This is Hannah Montana. Also, um, in, in this in this era, I'm not gonna front. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, I be flirting with the idea of putting together projects like this just because I write and produce so many songs throughout a year that are always for other people, right? You know what I'm saying? And there's right. a lot of times where I like work with artists and I'll have like someone do a reference track and then I'll listen to a bunch of these references and be like, yo, like I could take. 10, 12 of these joints, put them out as an album, like a compilation joint on some DJ Khaled shit, right? You know what I'm saying? And, and I mean, obviously, DJ Khaled took, I, I would call it the evolution of the Clue tape, right? You know what I'm saying? Right. Where just like how Clue did back in the 90s, you know what I'm saying, um, Khaled had been able to select the right producers and the right features at the right time for the right songs. Right. And he caught a couple throughout this decade, um, especially when he put Rihanna... On the Santana, you know what I'm saying, sample with the Buster Drums featuring Bryson Tiller on the Wild Thoughts. I mean, I love that record. Yeah, that's my shit. Now, my question is, um, the last Khaled joint didn't really hit. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Now, DJ Khaled's formula has been, like I said, to pick the right producers, right features, right time. Mm-hmm. Um, but it seems as though DJ Khaled stuck with a certain, um, certain artist who he worked with frequently, who he had past success with. He continued to continue to continue to work with them. And as you've seen, the album started to sell less and less. Do you think if DJ Khaled sticks to his original formula but embraces the new wave of artists, will he be able to catch another one, so to speak? Um, Possibly. I don't know. I don't. I don't know how I feel about the DJ Khaled. But I don't know if if he was to rebrand himself and bring different people in the mix. I don't know if it would be a different perception. Well, do you think that someone else um who might be um someone else who has a a closer relationship, I guess, with the younger crop of artists. Do you think that there is a new lane for that, seeing that the last DJ Khaled project didn't do so well? If someone were to just go get a bunch of features, you know what I'm saying, with all the hot new niggas and all the hot new bitches with all the right hard producers and put out a project, do you think that shit could work? Like, I mean, Quality Control did it, but they used all their artists and then had features and shit like that too. But I'm talking about somebody who who isn't affiliated officially with any of these artists and kind of like creating this type of compilation-like project that Khaled has been able to get off a bunch of times. He got a bunch of them joints off. I don't think I don't think nobody other than Khaled could do it because it's those relationships. Right, right. You feel me? Like you have to build. And I think people is more exclusive with music nowadays. I guess you could say. So it would be hard to pull somebody to the side from something other than what they've already been doing. 
All right. Um, so just off off a topic real quick before we get to our um our end predictions for album of the year in 2020. Um, did you see that whole Lizzo shit where when she had them cakes out, she had them big cakes out at the liquor game? Oh, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and everybody, everybody was was upset about it. I mean. Hey man, I ain't tripping. You know what I'm saying? Act like I ain't never seen ass before. Like I don't give a fuck. You know what I'm saying? Like That's I mean, listen, listen, listen. Is she, it, now the fact that she wanted to sit her bare ass on. Like a chair at uh, at an arena at a basketball game. Now that's I guess that's questionable, but I'm not mad at her twerking. I don't give a fuck. Um, I seen that, people on the that, internet that, like that there was children. <laughs> what was it? Yo? That was not a twerk. That was I'm um, gonna try to bend down and hope I get up. God damn it! Oh Jesus, it was terrible. <laughs> It nah, was yo. Hey yo, people was like, "There's children there." Blah blah blah. I'm yeah, like, man, that's... listen, I ain't trying to hear that shit. Like, listen, listen, listen. Y'all gotta stop doing that. You know what I'm saying? Because this is what people do, and people fall for it every day. I I get it. I understand why. But it's like you can't always try to throw something in it to try to justify why you're appalled at something. Um, when you throw something in there that we're not supposed to say nothing against, like there's children there, and she shouldn't have her ass out in front of the children. We're supposed to be like, you know what? You're right, cause it's for the children. Nah, man. Like you know what I'm saying? Like my mom used to put her hand over my eyes when I wasn't supposed to look at it, or she'd look at me and say, "Nigga, don't look." I peeked See, I, anyways. I don't, I don't think this is one of those situations. Like, oh, it's a fat booty. It's because she's a big girl. Is, yeah. it, it's been mad people that had their ass it's out. Uh, yeah, it's because she's a big girl. But that ain't fair. That's not fair that because she's a big girl, she can't have her ass out. She want to have her ass out. You know what I'm saying? Like, shit. For the good of the people. <laughs> Please. All right, so let me ask you a question. Just off the record, really on the record, because I'm not going to hit the stop button. But All right. you saying you wouldn't? Never? You wouldn't? Not Lizzo, no. <laughs> not Lizzo. Now, granted, I am a skinny nigga, <laughs> and the saying goes, skinny niggas like big women. Um, me, personally, I have a limit. I am, I know, I can. Sorry, I can't. I can't do certain things with if you. I'm adventurous. <laughs> That's a word to use. You know what I'm saying? I'm adventurous. I'm courageous. You know what I'm saying? Get in my courage bag. Um, um, uh, <laughs> we can move on. Yeah. You seem like you seem like you're <laughs> perplexed over there. Like, <laughs> like you don't want to you don't want to say your answer because you're trying to figure out a way to to say it in the nice way. I, I was and, I was about to say uh, probably a henny night. <laughs> a henny yeah, night, yeah. yeah. Anything's possible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, so. Cardi B um, has expressed some concerns over whether or not people will be able to relate to her new music coming out because she says that she's in a different space in her life and that the content is going to be different, that she has to rap about slightly different things because she's doing different things. She's, she's, she's living a different life. Um, do you think that she should be worried or do you think that there should be red flag. Is that a red flag, basically? Do, do the alarms go off to where you're saying to yourself, hmm, maybe the music 
might not be as good as it was the first time around and she's trying to get in front of it right now? Or do you think this is just normal nervousness for an artist on their sophomore album? Um, I think she's about to try some shit. And she's about to try to push some limits. I guess she's trying to prepare us. Like, listen, y'all. <laughs> you feel me? We about to... I'm about to try to... Yeah. But I don't, I don't necessarily know. Um... I think about it like what else what else can she talk about besides what she been talking about? You know what I'm saying? You talking about the jewelry, you talk about you already talk about that lifestyle. Think about it like this. Every artist, the fans always compare you to your first album, right? Uh-huh. And usually the content from your first album is coming from the perspective of a person who doesn't have anything right. or doesn't have much. Right. You see what I'm saying? So so this music is coming from the perspective of a person who's trying to get in the place that you are if you are allowed to get a second studio album. You see what I'm saying? Like if right. the label decides they're going to let you get a second album, then you have made it to the plateau that you were aiming or or you have made it at least a step in the in the process, right? right. So a lot of times we'll always compare the content and then usually the second album is a richer lifestyle, right? You know what I'm saying? It's not as street relatable. Now, uh, and and there's been plenty of artists like that, even Nas, 50 Cent, you know what I'm saying? A lot of people. A lot of people always said they wanted the old 50 to go back to the Get Rich or Die Trying. Same thing with Nas. A lot of shit that Nas tried to do in the commercial lane didn't work out. A lot of people said that he should have stuck with Illmatic type shit. Um, With Cardi, I feel as though that she, they tried to put out some street records that were like the pop version of a street record, right? To where it wasn't pop enough for you to notice it, but it was like real, um, what's the word I'm looking for? It was real, um, it was the, it was recipeed. You know what I'm saying? Like you right. could tell that they were recipeed together. Right, right, all right? right. I think that they know that they can catch some smash singles. They can do the Latin joint and get one of those off. They know they can get a joint with an R&B feature off, like Kehlani, Summer Walker, one of them type of chicks with Cardi B on, on the verse. Boom, they can get one of those off because they got one off on the last album. They know they can get at least two or three Ratchet Strip Club joints off. Boom. Now what they need to figure out is can they deliver on the Street Street Anthem records that got her this far? You know what I'm saying? And I think that they're sitting back listening to them and saying, yeah, these is hard, but we don't know if we can go with the full glowed up Cardi. I I think she's worrying about nothing. I think that the Cardi fans are going to embrace the glowed up Cardi. You know what I'm saying? I don't think I don't think she's going to have the sophomore jinx. I said this a long time ago on the blog. Um. Too bad I didn't keep that shit up, so I can't even prove it. You know what I'm saying? But, yeah, like, I, I, I think that she's going to be one of those artists that's not going to suffer the sophomore jinx. But I get why she's nervous about it. Because it uh, could go either way. She's definitely going to sell. Because everybody going to want to hear. You know what I'm saying? But I think her main fan base is going to what? You feel me? Like, Nicki got the barbs. I don't know what Cardi people is Barty gang. Oh, okay. You feel me? But yeah, they're going to keep her alive. That's what I think. All right, so before we get out of here, 
I know that this is mad early, and you know how I like to do way too early predictions on everything, just because it's cool to come back and figure out, see where your mind was at one day and where you're at now. Mm -hmm. So without knowing who is going to drop or who isn't going to drop, who do you think will have album of the year in 2020 in hip-hop or R&B? You can name three people. For each? Yeah, this is your top three. Just your top three overall. Album of the year. For 2020. Yep. Uh, Drake is definitely dropping. Um, anytime he drops something, you gotta... Yeah. Um, I think Kendrick gonna drop. And R&B. You gotta be a female. Okay, how about this? I'm gonna let you name three rappers and three singers. Right, period. Three rappers, three singers. Yep. Drake, Kendrick. Um. Let me think. And Meek. Oh yeah, Meek. Um. I'm 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 anxious to hear what Meek next album. You feel me? To hear the next content he has to talk about. You know what I'm saying? Um. Of course, Kendrick, you never know what he's up to. And you know, Drake just going to come with hit after hit after hit. You feel me? Like, this whole album going to be nothing but hits. So, those three on the rap side. Uh, I guess R&B, um, definitely Chris Brown. He, he's, yeah, he's, he, oh man, I had to burp. He's definitely due for something to go. You feel me? When now he's ready to move on. I think um, I want to hear something from Trey Songs. I need a Trey Songs album. <laughs> I keep saying it. I think he could really sell still, even in the midst of the direction music is going. You know what I'm saying? If you get back to the real um, R&B shit. But um, surprisingly, on the R&B side, um, Bryson Tiller. I definitely, yeah. I don't know. I I got some slightly different picks. Here, here, here go my picks. I know you about to come off. Here go my wall. picks. Ready? Go Let's hear All it. right. And rap, I'm going to agree with you on the Drake tip. Mm-hmm. If Drake is dropping, he has to be considered. You see what I'm saying? Uh, automatically. Right. Um. Also in that group from rap, um, I want to say, yeah, if Kendrick is dropping, he also has to be considered. I know that Cole is not dropping. Yeah, I ain't. Right? I don't know if Jay, I don't know if Jay is dropping. Oh? Yeah. I don't think Cole is dropping. Right. I think my third is someone who we have not heard of yet he's someone who's out he probably has a record out right now we don't know what it is but there's going to be a new guy who's going to come in and have an album that could be considered album of the year Mm. i think that's going to be my third i think that on on the rap tip outside of kendrick and drake it's going to be someone new I think there'll be a lot of great albums from a lot of great rappers, but I don't think there will be a clear, this is the one, unless it comes from Kendrick or Drake in 2020. Now, as far as singers, 
Rihanna, oh. Justin Bieber, Justin, and hmm. you know what I think. You know what I just thought about. What we do for? We do oh. for on the run three. Hmm. Okay. You get what I'm saying? Okay. Way too early prediction. I predict that. All right. Oh, is it, is it the third and definitely one? Chris because Chris and Tori, Chris and Tori, I have to put them together because Chris and Tori have been talking about doing an album but, together. Uh, if oh, they drop together? an album together, that shit's killing. That shit's gonna kill. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah. yeah but what would, be, what would be even crazier is Tori and Drake. You think he? Who would you think he would do an album with first? Well, he's already got like they said they got like a bunch of joints done already. Him and him and Chris got a bunch of joints done, like for an album already. Mm-hmm. So I'm so I mean I, I I can't say that he would do an album first with Drake because I know that he's already working on one with Chris. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But I'm pretty sure they'll get a Drake feature on there. Nah, need an album. <laughs> All right, y'all. So we're gonna get out of here. You know, what I mean? if you want to listen to more, search for us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify at It's Not Just Me. Or you can hit me up on Instagram at moron420, and you can also follow us on Twitter at It's Not Just Me Pod. I love you, baby. I really do. I love you, baby. I just, you know, we gotta, we gotta Oh, my mom.
Roller, 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 roller.